Welcome to our series, Crossroads in Therapy, Notes on Access, in collaboration with Tangent Mental Health Initiative. Our speakers explore what it would mean to make mental health care services that are currently available accessible. Our host Deepika is in conversation with Janani Vaidya, a board-certified behavior analyst, researcher, writer, and editor. Their research is spread across areas of gender and sexuality, bias and cultural humility, and disability justice. They also teach and mentor students, provide training to and do advocacy work with disabled and or neurodivergent adults, and provide sensitivity training for various media and publishing outlets. I am Deepika. I'm here with Janani, and we're going to be speaking about availability and accessibility in mental health services and how they differ from each other broadly. We're also going to go a bit more into what this means, where do we go from here, what does it currently look like. Let's jump right in. Hi, Jana. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely our pleasure. So let's start from here. How has, in your experience, in your work, how mm-hmm. has accessibility and availability looked like? Did you pick up any difference? Has there been any difference Okay, so let me answer the easier question first, which is, yes, that there is a difference. Yeah. And two, I think the first sort of ways in which it's basically really interesting being somebody that's like a mental health practitioner that's also disabled in the same space, but disabled in specific ways, but also mentally ill, but also like providing mental health services or disability services, whatever except not doing the same job at the same time, but definitely being cognizant of both parts of the job or all parts of those jobs at the same time. So I think like that played a huge role for me personally in the distinction or observing that there was a distinction in the first place. Because I think broadly, like what we understand of access versus availability is that availability and access overlap automatically. And I think if you have ever experienced temporary (laughs) disability even you will come to understand that that is not true I think of it like analogous to equity and equality basically what is equitable and what is equal and I think that sort of is the easiest way to probably explain the distinction it's that like something being available doesn't make it automatically accessible. And for something to be accessible, it's not enough that it is just available or just there. As professionals who supposedly are well-versed in the needs of this space, we are actually not well-versed in needs of this space because that distinction really only came from my experience of disability as a disabled person or my experience of mental health as a mentally ill person, not so much as the person that was providing services. But it definitely informs how I am then being the person or the professional in the room, right? But I don't think it's something that we teach. I don't think it's something that we have as part of our training intrinsically. Yeah. And it needs to be for several obvious, but maybe not so obvious reasons. Reflecting on as somebody who is Mm -hmm. currently shaping a supportive space for people in their work. I think a lot of it, the difference became very starkly visible when you speak to people and you realize the templates that you bring in and you just keep bringing that in and you either hit roadblocks or you hit and very visible roadblocks, very, very very concrete walls that you can't go beyond Uh unless you as a professional understand Mm -hmm. what is happening. I think something that you said... (laughs) starts with acknowledging that you don't know actually you don't yeah 
100%. Something one of my mentors has been saying a lot to me that's resonated with me recently. Yeah. Like we'll be doing clinical practice in my lab or something and somebody will come in with a case or somebody will come in talking about like a client that they saw mm-hmm. that week. And this is a room full of clinical psychologists, right? So it's okay. not particularly something that I practice, but it is something that I'm tangentially connected with. So somebody will come in and be like, you know, I tried to get them to talk about this. I tried to get them to talk about that. And they were stonewalling, 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 stonewalling. Yeah. Something that they said in that space really like highlights this like accessibility, availability yeah. thing is they said, so you're seeing all these walls. So they used, right. they ran with the wall metaphor basically. Right. And they were like, so you're seeing all these walls, right? Have you ever considered just like walking up to them and then just sitting next to them by the wall. So you're seeing them sitting next to the wall and you're seeing that they're unable to climb the wall. You could be the person that starts climbing the wall and extends your hand and is like, trust me, I will help you scale the wall. Just yeah. trust me, hold my hand and I will guide you up. And sometimes people might not be there. Maybe you have to start with like just sitting next to them at the wall and be like, okay, if we are here, we are here and we are here. And that's okay. And sort of being like, okay, does this feel okay? Like sitting against the wall, me sitting against the wall with you. Yeah, cool. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. And to me, that was like so powerful. Like not just as a, like regardless of like therapeutic modality or regardless of what people practice, right? That it's recognizing that the deficit is not intrinsically the person, but the deficit is in the context or there is something in the context that is preventing somebody from being able to access any of the good stuff that is also part of the context. Why don't we ever consider that even just scaling the wall and like really trying to be reassuring and being like, I promise I will guide you. I will guide you. I will guide you. Just extend your hand and hold my hand may itself not be available to a person at any moment because of a variety of things. And that is not the basic first step that you think it may be. That to me is the distinction between availability and accessibility. There's this like the ways in which we are trained as professionals who do human services broadly. And this is across the board, right? Like whether it's mental health, whether it's like intellectual disabilities, whatever the categories of human service are, they very much come from this like one unidirectional space of like, I am helping you. Too bit saviory, let's be honest. Okay. We all get some sort of like Absolutely. Superman complex gets yeah. taken care of for ourselves in this endeavor. And like also this, you are the holder of all the tools and therefore also the arbiter of all the tools or rather moving towards accessibility versus availability requires a perspective shift from the ways in which we're traditionally trained to mm be professionals practicing in any of these spaces. What I've also noticed is that engaging with an understanding of accessibility and what that can look like also meant not only a perspective shift, but also shifting how you see like a a part of yourself for the lack Mm -hmm. of better word. It also meant that your entire, like, yes, how you see the world shifts, but your world itself shifts. Once you start doing that. But there is definitely, like, that's how we are all trained, right? Yeah. Like, we're all trained to sort of occupy this position of knowing and occupying this position Absolutely. of, like, you are supposed yeah. to be the person that builds stability or offers stability or offers exactly. reassurance in specific ways. 
that often like spirals into this place of like pressure of you need to have all of the answers also mm. and there is a lot of power in also and it takes a great deal of vulnerability like don't get me wrong this Absolutely. is a terrifying position to occupy Absolutely. where you have to when you have to be vulnerable and both honest with the person that you are interacting with in that space but i think there is also yes it requires a great deal of vulnerability but i think the payoff is so much better so i guess my question to you is then like you said the shift felt visceral moving from like an availability space to an accessibility perspective but what did you start seeing that was different that sort of kept you going or moving forward with the like accessibility approach i don't know about moving forward but a lot of movement happened so this we started the very template dance that you start off with saying i have a problem can yeah. you help me solve it and we did that i think it also became where that shifted was for whom is it a problem actually yeah like, is it a problem for you is it a problem then somebody else has said that hey this is a problem we need to solve it is mm-hmm. asking that question because after certain point you realize yeah okay we're okay yes we can keep doing this but it's not working but is this what do you want it to work Are you okay with it working when you start thinking like that when you start asking yeah. those questions is when you're like hmm okay so clearly clearly very clearly even talking about the wall metaphor yeah do i want to climb up the wall and like how many times do we actually ask that question because if we don't ask a question then there is no requirement for them to for clients or whoever that is they are also only looking at it as a wall to cross yeah and not as anything else yeah but nobody ever asks them like hey does this like feel like a wall that you need to climb at all like do yeah. i ever want to climb mount everest no i don't <laughs> it's there yeah. Yeah. It's there. It is well known. There are people that yeah. want to climb it all the time. That person is not me. And I am fully both cognizant of it and comfortable with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very comfortable with being a person that will never climb a mountain. Yeah. And that's okay. But if you are consistently told that mountain climbing is a really important part yeah. of being a person in the world and therefore you have to climb a mountain. So like your job in this lifetime is to figure out how to overcome your hesitation or fear of climbing the mountain without ever acknowledging that was this something that needed to happen at all like what happens if you just don't climb the mountain yeah what gives <laughs> and sometimes the answer is okay something shift sometimes the answer is there are some other things that i want that require yeah. me to scale the mountain but like you don't ever get to approach any of those avenues or even like explore any of those avenues if you're only operating from the perspective of the mountain has to be scaled the mountain has to be scaled the mountain has to be scaled then that's it's so limiting like it's yeah. being one of the things that one of the things i really like about the accessibility approach is that it makes so clear to me how much the ways in which we are trained like limits both us and limits the people that we are trying to support all at the same time i'm like this just opened up a bunch of avenues and yeah it feels like a bit rabbit holey because you don't know the outcomes right. here there is no template yeah. the template is that you have to let the client take you where yeah they want to take you and you're along for the ride um, <laughs> that's the extent to a template which is basically a burning building at that point but there is some freedom and not only some freedom in like availability of options or pathways but there's also like it sort of releases you from a great deal of pressure because you're like 
you decided that somehow your job was to make the client scale the mountain sure. except that if that didn't happen then all you're hearing is it's a failure releasing yourself from that makes you just a better i don't know to me it seems like it makes you a better practitioner so it also acknowledging that the frustration that you share is that you do feel very frustrated along with the person and it is a very frustrating process because if we don't have all the answers we need to be asking mm-hmm. different kinds of questions absolutely we're asking a lot questions that we also create together and not necessarily your questions that in fact so many times in work i've i've realized that yes because i'm a therapist my work does involve asking a lot more questions and having observations or whatever but some of the best questions or the best information has come from the people who i mean who have come to me for answers strangely because once you sit beside them they're always mm-hmm. very very sure of as to where they want to go yeah because i think that's one of the things that both the people that are coming to therapy and often times the people that are offering the therapy forget is that yeah a lot of times people are broadly coming to us for our support because they are stuck right sure but stuck does not mean that the answers aren't available somebody that's a wheelchair user for example yeah. they're not coming to you with the problem of like i don't know how to get into the store i don't know how to get into the store because the store doesn't have a ramp yeah that's why i don't know it's not that i don't know how to get in because the requirement here is that i get up off the wheelchair and start walking in yeah. order to enter the store the solution is again in the environment and not in like this person having to fundamentally make those changes and that's a very rudimentary example but like broadly it speaks to yeah. the point of like people aren't only coming because they are out of ideas or don't know where to go it's that they're fundamentally stuck because the thing that would help them problem solve is not available to them for whatever reason so when yeah. people feel most empowered when they're participating in like decisions about their own life yeah. because shocker people want to be involved in the things yeah. that matter to them and also like make changes for them one but two speaking of accessibility one of the things that comes with that is like an understanding that interacting with your community is not a bad thing or resourcing yourself via your community or your community being there to resource you is not a failure of person because for so long i think one of the things that we sort of target as a goal when it comes to either mental health work disability work whatever is this like idea that the gold standard or the most successful outcome is independence and mm. that's the way we are trained to think about it somewhere along the way we forgot that man is a sort of creature but yeah. interdependence is a strength yeah. and not yeah. a weakness and it is statistically impossible for one person to fulfill all of their needs magically somehow that's yeah. not how species work that's not how groups work pick your social science discipline and they will all agree yeah that historically that has never worked that is probably never going to work and i think one of the ways in which like turning towards accessibility as a focus also then requires us to both question but also generate some different ideas on yeah. how we are supposed to exist in the world like why disability justice came into being the first place right like because there was a serious sort of 
lack of like when we think about the disability rights movements broadly or when we think about the movements that preceded disability justice as a mm. movement one of the fundamental sort of issues comes from that one when we think about disability studies we think about people that are studying disability but have like no stakes in the game of disability yeah. then we think about the disability rights movement which was again appealing to people that do not belong to the disability community or do not lie in any sort of sections of disability with other marginalizations or oppressed communities and so like one of sort of the tenets of disability justice almost is this like we have to shift our world view from this individualistic independence as the goal because independence does not translate to autonomy autonomy is great and autonomy is what we want but autonomy does not also mean that every man is an island or like every person is an island and that shift is also something that opens up so much i think within the accessibility sort of conversation because it does it almost it's like a decentralizing thing it's like you move from twitter to mastodon sometimes that means that all you have the capacity for is sitting against a wall and then yeah. maybe somebody will come and sit with you and maybe some other people will come and sit yeah. with you and yeah. like hey i made some food and i got some extra food here's some food eat some food and somebody yeah. else is like hey you forgot to hydrate and then you're sitting against the wall and you didn't do but it's okay <laughs> the community yeah. got you and you got the community and those things don't have to happen in specific sequences or occurrences with somebody having like a ballot like you know a tally sheet or like having a community accountant being like you did three good deeds and you did 72 <laughs> good deeds or like good place vibes <laughs> yeah yeah like plus points minus points whatever but i think we are conditioned to engage transactionally even if that transaction doesn't mean money and it is a function of capitalism and like i think one of the things that disability justice specifically brings that is in direct contention of that is this like freedom of hey guess what we all need each other broadly <laughs> and that's okay <laughs> and that is fine <laughs> and specific people have been oppressed in specific ways that make them even less resourced than some other people and how about we put all the resources in a giant pile and people can tap in and take the resources that they want and also that even if it does seem terrifying there have been at least the past two years a lot of these the idea of interdependence has also come up i see a lot of people on twitter doing this i see a lot of people mm-hmm. online doing a lot of discord groups i see a lot of people engaging in this very mindfully and also very smartly away from the people who can sort of poke and ask questions so even if it does seem terrifying it is also coming or or at least i have seen or i have connected people or i mm-hmm. have somehow found some pocket of the internet somebody talking about something mm-hmm. basically using the algorithm in whatever way possible to ensure that or people are in fact ensuring that there is some form of interdependence or at least people who mm-hmm. have made that shift for themselves are seeing some trickle down form of interdependence coming up for themselves in form of care yeah absolutely and i think one of the things that hit the like speed button on that was the pandemic because there were people people are still reckoning with some of the like almost yeah. like identity crises that came up for them in the pandemic where they were like huh so things could look different and we actively chose for them to not look a specific way nobody that is advocating from a disability justice perspective or nobody that is ever marginalized is talking about special treatment yeah. 
they are saying that if you shifted some ideas about how the world could be and put that in practice that could literally benefit everyone and yeah. now you are not only punishing us you're punishing us right now and we are obviously more vulnerable to that punishment than you are but you're also punishing yourself like have you ever yeah. realized that you're punishing yourself also <laughs> it's like when i talk to cis men about masculinity i'm like you could like explore gender also nobody is saying that the only way for you to consider your gender is if you are suffering from it but again we have this narrative around like only if you are suffering from the norm does the norm not appeal yeah. to you and like have you considered that maybe the norm is not working for everybody <laughs> at all and maybe we should consider not having norms no i'm also going to massively rein in the conversation like where do we go from here how do we because we spoke about <laughs> maybe one thing is absolutely throwing norms out the window but how do we go from here so there's often a temptation of like things have to change on a broad scale for them to be effective and yes that's true but the ways to foster change on a broad level is not only to attack the broad level like start from wherever is accessible to you like if that means you in a conversation with one person or you deepika with the 20 clients that you have or tangent with the like 50 clients or 100 clients that it has then tangent talks to other mental health organizations and then like they in their network like network it out and sort of like build it out so yeah. that it can feed into a culture and hopefully that shifts the culture over time does this mean that we are going to see this happen like a broad cultural shift in our lifetimes i don't know how to answer that question mm. and i don't think it matters i don't think i need to see it in order for me to work towards it if those movements can happen little by little i think there is huge value in that i think divesting ourselves of the idea that there is only one particular way to do things or like an over reliance on one way versus another way does not serve us well and ditch the templates like ditch yeah, the templates absolutely. ditch the norms approach from a place of curiosity which feels like a very woo woo thing to say <laughs> as a researcher but truly curiosity is your best friend it's really hard it's a practice yeah a shifting perspective is a practice <laughs> adopting a new perspective is a practice sometimes you're going to fail but cultivating these things as practices and not as like they are not one and done things they require intentionality they require you to do repeatedly the same thing over and over again and they require you to do that in all of the directions that you are able to do that to like start to participate in the mechanism of that shift and also calling the wall a wall and not a problem call the wall a wall dude thank you for doing this of course i'm so so happy to thank you for having me 